Well, good morning. It's good to have you all here this morning. We begin our service by singing the doxology, which is found in the red hymnal number 549. The doxology found in the red hymnal number 549. Praise God from is hymn number 723. Whoever loves me will obey my message. My father will love him, and my father and I will come to him and live with him. Whoever does not love me does not obey my words. The message you have heard is not mine, but comes from the father who sent me. I have told you this while I am still with you. The helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and make you remember all that I have told you. Peace I leave with you. My own peace I give you. I do not give it to you as the world does. Do not be worried and upset. Do not be afraid. Amen. Our first hymn this morning is number 191, Mine Eyes Have Seen the Glory. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. He has loosed the faithful lightning of the you. 
Standing on the front. 
comes from the book of James, chapter 5, beginning with verse 19. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Let us pray. Gracious God, Lord, I just feel so blessed already by the time of worship that we've had thus far. Lord, I thank you for everyone that is here, that has come to worship you freely because they just wanted to do that. And Lord, bless them in a very special way. And God, I would ask that you would help me say the things that I need to say so that we can understand you better in our relationship that you want us to have through your son, Jesus Christ. Help me now, I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Well, in your bulletin today, you see a little picture there, and that picture is actually done by Casper David Friedrich, and you don't need to know who that is, but the actual title of that picture is The Wanderer. In fact, it's actually referred to that. And it actually, uh, the actual picture of that, the original, actually is in New York City, and I had the pleasure of actually seeing it a a long time ago. And I stood there and I remembered that picture called The Wanderer. And as I stood there and I looked at it in the gallery there in New York City, I thought about my own personal wandering. Sometimes you ever wonder why you wander, right? (laughs) I wonder why I wander. I think that's a good song, right? No, I'm just kidding. There there is a song called that, anyway. But, you know, we, we do wonder, don't we? I mean, don't we wonder when we wander? And I find myself wandering many times about my own personal life, about whether I have followed the right path that God has wanted me to be on. And I would have to be honest with you this morning and tell you, no, I have not always followed the path that God has wanted me to be on. I have wandered off that path. I have done things that I am ashamed of. I am not proud of. And as I prayed about the whole idea about having remorse for doing things incorrectly in one's life, I was also praying for myself, not just also for you, because I have that remorse. And there are many times as I think about my wanderings, how do I deal with that remorse? And God reminds me again and again that I have been forgiven. 
And so I need to remind you as well, as God has reminded me, that if you have remorse from wandering away from the path that God wanted you to be on, and if you have remorse, God has said to you and to me through the power of his Holy Spirit that we have been forgiven. And we no longer need to carry the burden of that remorse. Of course, another word for that is guilt. But I think remorse takes it one step further in terms of how we actually feel about the wrong that we have done. But God has said, you no longer need to feel that burden. You no longer need to feel that shame. Because I love you just because of who you are today. It has nothing to do with what you've done in the past. Whether good or bad. It's about my relationship that I have with you right now. It is in the present. It is today, right now. On this Sunday, before Labor Day. As we worship here, God is meeting us one-on-one individually, but also collectively as a body of believers of his church that represents his son, Jesus Christ. At least it's supposed to. The scriptures remind us that we have a responsibility to remind others to get back on the right track. Because you and I, we have been wanderers. We have gone off that wrong path. We have needed people to remind us that we need to step back and we need to look at the error of our ways, the things that we were doing, and to come back to the truth about what we truly represent in Christ. The other day I was having a conversation with someone and I I felt that I could just had to say this. You know what? There are times when I feel that I no longer have any responsibility within that relationship. I have done everything that I can do. Now, I need to tell you that the Holy Spirit said, no, you haven't done everything that you can do. You still need to continue to pray for them. You still need to continue to lift them up in love. You still need to have a positive attitude towards them, regardless of how they're screwing it up and how they're getting it all wrong. And to remind them in a loving, caring way to come back to that one first love that they found in Jesus Christ when they first came to know Christ as their Savior. And that's the responsibility we have. You know, we sung the battle hymn of the Republic, Glory, Glory, Hallelujah. And at the end verse, it specifically says that we are supposed to give our lives, if necessary, to set people free. Free not only from their physical bondage, but more importantly, I say, free from their spiritual bondage that we have. That if necessary, we are to give our lives to set others free. Because that truly represents an attitude of the truth that we believe in. We had the call to worship specifically talking about Christ's love for us, about God's love for us. That the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, is there with us to help us, to give us the discernment and the wisdom, the vision, to do those things that bring honor to God and glory to His Son. But it is difficult to do. And if our objective is to provide a way for other people that have wandered off the path like you and I have, how do we bring them back? How do we show them of error of their ways? 
because we truly want to save them from an internal, eternal death, an eternal damnation, something that will last forever. I just came back from a trip. I was over in Europe for a few days, and I was visiting the, the country of Hungary, and we were spending some time in Budapest. I figured out how to say it after they kept on correcting me, because I would always say Budapest, and they said, no, it's Budapest. Get it right. So in Budapest, and as I was with one of our tour guides, he was a young man, 30 years old, and they had a little one, and his wife was expecting the second one, and we were having these conversations back and forth, and I asked him about his language, because it seemed to be very interesting and very different. And he joked with me and said that Hungarian will be the language in heaven because it will take an eternity for someone to, le to learn it. And he, go, he went on to talk about that there had been American missionaries that he had he'd known of, that he'd worked with, that had been there for over 25 years, and they still can't get it right. So it's one of those languages where nobody else understands what they're talking about unless you've been raised in it, unless you've been birthed in it. And in the same way, many times the truth of what we represent in Jesus Christ is the only way that we can truly understand it is that we have to be born in it. And you and I have been born again because of what Christ has done for us. You and I received that new birth of the truth that we are to represent and we are to remind others perhaps of the truth that they had, how they were born in Christ. Because I guarantee if you know someone that has grown up in the church that knows the Lord as their personal Savior, and if they have wandered away, when you speak to them, they know what you're talking about. The word that you are saying to them is not foreign. They understand when you talk to them about the salvation of Jesus Christ and how you want them to come back, not because you want to earn some kind of award from God, but because you love them. And God has commanded us in a very specific way to reach out to others that need to know Christ, that have perhaps wandered away from the truth of what they first found, what the first birth of their lives of being born again in Jesus Christ. And it's something that we can share with each other, knowing and understanding the objective of the truth of God's love and how important that is for you and I. It is something that we need to stay in tune and a couple of Sunday goes, as, as I was sharing with you, I talk about the whole idea of just acknowledging to God that we love him in our prayers by saying, God, I love you. God, I love you. And as we say those words, even just now, it puts me in a different state of mind. It puts me in a state of humbleness by saying, God, I love you. Because as immediately, as soon as I say that, there's always these questions about, do you know for a fact that God still does love you? You ever have that when you say, God, I love you, and you're like, what God? Show me the God that you are talking about. Show me that God truly does love you. It is something that we need to take by faith. A lot of times we want to experience God's love through all of our senses. We want to be able to feel it. We all want to be able to hear it. We want to be able to see it. We want to be able to touch it. But the true love that God has for us and that God wants us to have for him is not experienced 
through our senses. It is something that we experience by faith and faith alone. Does that make sense? That God wants us to experience Him by faith and faith alone. And it is not some type of rational process in terms of us having to explain. I don't need to explain my relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And neither do you. Because it is something that we take on faith. And yes, I know that there are people that make the arguments and we're supposed to be, have apologetics and I had the apologetics class in seminary when we're supposed to give those rational arguments about what we believe in and, and why we accept Christ and the whole idea of having the evidence that really truly says that Christ actually lived and that he did die and that he rose again and that there was a resurrection, that he was seen again by hundreds of people. But you know what? When it's all said and done, it is a relationship that we take by faith. And yes, we have the Holy Spirit to walk by our side, and the Holy Spirit to give us that guidance that represents that part of God, that Trinity in which we believe in, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But yet even that is something that we take by faith. And I know many times we want to experience it, we want to have emotion, but you know what? The faith that God wants us to have by not experiencing it through our senses, truly does represent God's love for us and our love for God. I love my wife very much. And I'd like to tell you that our relationship has been totally perfect for the 38 years that we've been together. But it hasn't been. There have been some valleys I would like to tell you that there's been some more mountaintops. There's been more mountaintops than valleys, so that's always a good thing. But there has been the valleys. And I think what saw us through those valleys is the fact by faith we knew that we loved each other even though emotionally perhaps we did not experience that love. Perhaps at times we actually experienced the other feeling instead of love towards each other. Does that make sense? So it is with faith that I say to you, that I love my wife, not as a, some kind of emotional experience. You know, when you first get married and you have those rose-colored glasses, you have all those feelings and all of the emotion and all of that passion. Well, you know, it changes, baby. It changes, you know. And then you just have to have that faith that you still love each other, that you still care for each other. And I know it's by faith that she loves me because that's the only way that you can truly love me is by faith because I'll mess it up every day. But that's how God wants us to love him. Not something that we experience by our emotions but something that we stand by in terms of the truth of what is in our everyday lives, Jesus Christ. And we want to experience God's love. We want it to be something that's very powerful. We want it to be something very meaningful. But the simple fact of this is faith is about our love for God. And if you can experience and have faith for the love of God without having all those other senses tied to it, then you're on the right track. It might feel kind of weird to say, God, I, I love you, and 
I don't really feel any passion for you, or I, but I know that I love you because it's something that I feel certain about. And it's something with faith believing that we have because of the truth that we have. The truth of the assurance. The truth of the confidence. But yet it's not because we want to experience it because of our senses. It's something that we can hold on to. That we can stand firm regardless of the relationship that we have. Regardless of how imperfect we are. Regardless of how far we wander away from the relationship that God wants us to have. God still loves us. He loves you and he loves me even when we may not be feeling it. And that's where the faith aspects come in. And that's where the faith aspect of it comes in when we want to correct others in a very loving and kind way. People that we know, that we care for, to say, hey, you know what? The way that you're going is going to lead to a lot of problems. It's going to lead to a lot of trouble in your life. Listen to me. Listen to me. And unfortunately, we have to let others make the mistakes, right? Before they truly listen to you. But even then, we still need to have that love that is not experienced by our senses. It's a love that we have based on our faith that we have in God. And then when we understand that, we see how God's love does work in our everyday lives. Because if it does not depend on our five, our, we got five senses, right? There we go. I've got to get it all right. If it does not depend on our five senses, then it really goes beyond what we are. And it goes beyond in terms of who we are. And then we get into the whole idea of spiritually, the assurance that we have. That other sense that we have. The spiritual life that God wants us to have. Because spiritually, as we draw closer to God, we, we have something very wonderful that takes place. That words just can't explain it. Feelings can't explain it. Something that we have in faith believing the power of God's love within our daily lives. And then we find ourselves being able to love each other, to be able to love one another, to be able to love those people that are difficult to love, that we never thought that we could look at them and say, you know what, I do care for you. I can't believe I'm even saying that, right? Because it's something that goes beyond what we're experiencing. Because when I think about the people that I should love, the people that God wants me to love, I can only do so through His power, through God's faith, through God's love. Because if I want to experience the correct relationship, if I truly want to love others the way that God has loved me, it goes beyond their five senses that we have. It goes into something that's very spiritual, very caring. As I think about the difficulties that I've had in my life, and I've had to extend beyond that to try to understand God's truth. I find a place where it is quiet. I find a place where I'm not truly experiencing any type of emotion. It's solitude. It's a place where, God, it is okay where I am at. Because I seem to be not experiencing anything. And God says, yes. It's where I want you to be. 
because my relationship with you is through my son Jesus Christ and as you sense my love you understand that by faith believing you are part of that relationship and there's a stillness there there's a quietness there something that I can't explain to you other than it feels good just to be in that place just to be in that place when it's just you and God communing, having fellowship with each other, understanding the God's love that he has for you. And so as we go forth from here this morning, remember the responsibility that we have for each other to show if we see someone going down the wrong path to maybe suggest to them in a loving way that maybe they want to rethink what they're doing. And if they're trying to experience God, I would say go for it. But the end result is going to be when you truly find God the way that God wants to find you, it is not going to be through the five senses. It's going to be through the stillness and know that I am God. Remember that scripture? Be still and know that I am God. And it's not something that we experience, but something that we know, faith-believing of God's love for us. And if we have wandered away, if we are wandering away right now from what God wants us to be, I would only lovingly suggest to you that perhaps there might be a better way for you to live. And that is between you and God. And I would just ask that you perhaps consider that a very loving way. There's no judgment here in that statement. I am not saying anything self-righteous that somehow I am better than you. I think I've been pretty clear about the fact that I've been a pretty not-so-good person in my life at times. So I am not better than anyone here. But consider that. That perhaps God wants you to do a certain thing, go a certain way, so that you too can experience his love for you in faith believing. Amen. Please take a few moments and prepare your hearts for communion as we celebrate together the relationship that God wants us to have in faith through his Son, Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Gracious God, Lord, we are just so thankful for this wonderful opportunity that we can have by sharing communion together, by partaking the bread, by partaking of the wine, remembering what you've done for us on the cross. Love, thank you for forgiving us, for loving us, for taking away that guilt and that remorse that we have, for, Lord, taking away those filthy rags. And because of what Christ has done, we have been made clean. We have been made perfect. We have been made whole. Lord, we praise you for that. Thank you, God, 
for accepting us just for who we are in our own human condition. In Christ's name, amen. from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake together. In the same way after supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake together. Our closing hymn is number 137, My Jesus, I Love Thee. Thank uh-huh.
Oh. 